Hey everybody, this is Jeannie Faulkner and you're listening to Common Sense Pregnancy and Parenting, the podcast where we have smart conversations about pregnancy, parenting, feminism, politics, healthcare, or as I like to say, everything. We might start out talking about some pregnancy-related or parenting topic, but we always, always end up branching out and talking about loads of other things because we don't live in silos. Our parenthood and pregnancies don't exist as separate from the rest of our lives or the rest of the world. So that's what we talk about here on the podcast. I am the author of Common Sense Pregnancy, the book, which is a Penguin Random House publication that came out in 2015. And um, we're going to dig into the book just a little bit this week. I haven't done that in quite some time, um, but this week's emails are pretty appropriate. It is August in Portland. It is hot and gorgeous and warm, but it's also super smoky. There are tons and tons of uh, wildfires from Canada throughout Oregon and Washington, and we're really feeling it. We're coming up on headlines as being, you know, some of the worst air quality in the world, which is really, really strange for us. It's usually clear here. So anyways, that's that's the weather here in Portland, and um, honestly, I'm not complaining too much. Any sunshine weather is good for me, even if there's smoke particles. Uh, what else? Um, you know, I got some a couple pretty interesting emails this week from readers who are going through some interesting issues that are just so, so common that I actually get emails really similar to these from women all over the world all the time. So this week, um, I thought we'd take a break from the long interview and let's dig through the mail bin a little bit. And we're going to make this week just a little bit shorter episode than some are. Don't worry, next week we're going to dig back in for a long, juicy conversation. But for this week, let's read the mail. Beatrice wrote me a nice short one. Um, She wants to know if you can get pregnant while you're on your period. Okay, that's the question. Believe me, I know some of you are saying, what? She doesn't know? I get this question from women all over the world. This is a really important question for women of all ages to know. Now, I I don't know anything more about Beatrice than you know now, um, but I'm going to just kind of guess. Maybe she's young. Maybe she hasn't had the opportunity to really talk about, you know, her menstrual cycle and her reproductive health and things like that with another woman or healthcare provider before. So let's answer this question because I know a lot of you have the same question. So can you get pregnant while you're on your period? The short answer is yes. If you have unprotected sex, you can get pregnant when you're on your period. Now the longer answer is this. It's not as likely that you'll get pregnant if you have period sex than if you have sex when you're not on your period, but it all depends on when you ovulate. Let's say, just for our purposes today, that you have a 100% textbook menstrual cycle of 28 days. Um, And, you know, we start counting those 28 days on the very first day of your period. So that's day one. If you were that perfect 28-day cycle girl, then you would probably ovulate right on or around day 14. 
Sperm can live inside the cervix for three to five days. They're just hanging around to start a party or cause trouble. So let's say, for the sake of Beatrice's question, let's say you have sex on day three or four of your period. You're still bleeding a bit, no big deal. And you're not too worried because you figure all those sperm will be gone by day eight or nine, right? Well, in a perfect world, that ought to pencil out just fine. But here's the thing. Most of us aren't 100% textbook. We might, you know, have weird cycles or we might ovulate on day seven or nine or 12 or any darn day our ovaries decide they want to push out a nice ripe egg. Believe me, it happens. My mother swears that's why I'm the youngest of eight. She says she double ovulated. She ovulated when she was on her period. I'm telling you, ovulation happens. You know, you could be as regular as can be. And then stress, travel, cycle syncing with your sisters, your hormones get out of whack. Believe me, it happens. You can ovulate when you're not expecting to. And if there's some live sperm around there, you could get pregnant, even though it was your period. So Beatrice, I don't know. If you don't want to get pregnant, and I can't tell from your email, use birth control even when you're on your period. If you do want to get pregnant, try having sex a few times on the days right around when you think you're ovulating. I know a lot of women these days are into natural family planning and they practice a variety of fertility awareness methods that tell them when they're most fertile. Most of these are not new and in fact I learned them you know decades ago. The idea is that if you can tell when you're ovulating then you can either avoid having sex during that time or you can use a backup method and odds are you know it ought to work. My mom told me about all these methods way back in the 70s and she swore they worked for her. Now did I mention I'm the youngest of eight? I cannot imagine how many children she would have had if she hadn't been at least practicing some sort of natural family planning. I know for sure that our bodies give us signs that are, you know, sometimes really easy to read, sometimes harder for some women, that tell us when we're ovulating. But I also know that sometimes our bodies are sneaky and they do what they damn well want. I hope that helps, Beatrice. Ah. <sighs> Okay, what else? Here's another one. And, you know, this one comes up so darn often that it's almost like a refresher course. It's the induction. It's this week's induction email. Um, and this one's from Selena. She writes, Hi, Jeannie. I heard your podcast and I bought your book and it's helping me make a hard decision. My doctor wants me to induce labor. My husband wants me to induce labor. I want to induce labor, and yet I don't want to have a C-section. Here's my story. I'm 39 years old, and I was a little overweight when I got pregnant. Not too bad, but I wasn't at my goal weight either. This is our first baby. I've been really healthy this whole pregnancy. I exercise, I do yoga, and I haven't even gained all that much weight. My doctor's been on my ass, though, from day one, that if I gain too much weight, then I'll have all these complications. I've done great so far, and now that we're getting near the end, I'm not seeing any of those complications he talked about. Still, he's pressuring me to have an induction at 39 weeks because he says I'm too heavy. I'm 198 right now, and I've gained 24 pounds so far. 
He says, if I don't get an induction, then my blood pressure will jump too high. My blood pressure is normal right now. It's been normal through the whole pregnancy. I've never had high blood, high blood pressure. There's nothing going on in my labs. Everything is normal. Why is it going to jump? My husband is scared something will happen to me or the baby. I'm scared about that too, though I don't really think anything bad is happening to me right now. Everything seems normal. And when I asked my doctor why he thinks I'm going to get sick, he says it's because he's seen it happen to other women just like me. He's being really pushy about this, and I don't want him to be mad at me, but I'm afraid of having surgery. What should I do? Ooh, boy, Selena. Ooh, this one's a toughie, isn't it? It's really hard to have those conversations with our doctors. And it's really hard to stand up to that much authority and pressure especially when you're pregnant and close to delivery. I know that's so hard. Even when I was working in the hospital as a labor and delivery nurse, taking care of patients, it was hard for me and other nurses to stand up to doctors who were pushing their weight around. Now, you say you bought a copy of the book, and I want to say thank you. Thank you for that. For those of you who don't have a copy yet, I'm going to go ahead and read a short section um, out of one chapter. It's a couple of pages, and it's not 100% about your story, Selena, but it's super similar. So sit back and give a listen, and then we're going to come on back and give you some good advice. Okay, so hang on. Let me grab my book, and um, this is on page 96 in a section called You Feel Heavy, Cranky, Crampy, and Yucky. Should you ask for an induction? And we're going to drop down a few paragraphs. Medical inductions take place in the hospital using cervical ripening agents and medications to stimulate and regulate contractions. Inductions do have a legitimate purpose, a very specific one. They're designed to shortcut a pregnancy that's experiencing problems. For example, if a woman's blood pressure is going up, her baby isn't growing properly, her placenta is malfunctioning, or she's experiencing some other medical complication, then an indication is warranted. Sometimes the best way to protect a mother or baby's health is to serve up an eviction notice and get that kid out. There are a few very rare non-medical reasons why an induction might be in a woman's best interest. For example, when a woman has a history of extremely fast labors and she lives 100 miles from the hospital and has a bunch of kids who need childcare, she just might need an induction to prevent her from delivering in her living room in front of her kids. Or consider another woman who has already delivered a baby vaginally and is four centimeters dilated with her second pregnancy. Her due date is tomorrow and her husband is being deployed in a few days. These are pretty compelling situations where a non-medical induction might be a good plan. But how about when mom is a first-timer who hasn't delivered yet, but bought a too-early plane ticket so her own mother could be at her side? Nope, not a good enough reason. How about the mother who wants her baby to be born before her doctor goes on vacation? Nope. The mother who wants to be sure her baby isn't born on a major holiday? Nope. Inductions are way, way, way overprescribed. They're convenient, organized, and easy on the calendar, but they're also among the leading reasons why our C-section rate is so high, which is one of the leading reasons why our maternal mortality and injury rates are rising. Unless there's a really good reason, you don't want an induction. 
Inductions mess with Mother Nature's plan for when you should give birth. And Mother Nature doesn't necessarily cooperate well with people who mess with her, especially not first-time mothers. Your body has a lot of pre-labor finish work and preparation to complete before it is ready for labor. Your baby is busy too, taking care of things like final respiratory and neural development and weight gain. There's sort of a magic, aka chemical and hormonal reactions, that happens between the baby and mom's body that sets labor in motion. When labor starts spontaneously, on its own without induction, it has a better chance of progressing normally. Induction, on the other hand, has a fairly high failure rate, which means the baby might not descend into the birth canal well, or the cervix might not dilate dilate properly. That leads to C-sections, which leads to longer recovery times, and usually to subsequent C-sections when mom gets pregnant again. It also leads to babies who aren't quite ready to be born winding up in the NICU. Inductions of mothers who are really ready to go into labor can result in normal vaginal deliveries, and usually do. But if your body isn't ready to get down to the business of giving birth, then you're just asking for trouble. It's far better to deal with the discomforts of late pregnancy and wait for your body to do what it was designed to do. Give birth at the most optimal time for you and your baby. What if your doctor is urging you to be induced? Ask why she thinks an induction is necessary. If her reasons aren't based on solid medical evidence, just say, no thanks. If she says it's because she's not sure you can push out a baby that's any bigger than it is now, say, let's make that decision after I've pushed a few hours. If it's because she thinks you'll go into labor soon anyway, say, then let's wait for it to happen on its own. If she says it's because I'm leaving town and I know you don't want to deliver with someone you don't know, say, darn, I'll miss you, but why don't you introduce me to the doctor who will be taking call for you? But if she says, your blood pressure's really high and I think your baby's in trouble, then by all means, say, sign me up for that induction. Okay, now that I've read that bit to you, Selena, and since you have the book, I want you to read it to your husband Hand the book over to him and tell him to read the whole darn thing. And take it with you to your doctor's office. It's a good conversation starter. If your doctor isn't familiar with my book yet, I don't know, maybe there will be something in there for him. I also want you, before you go to that you know, meeting with your doctor, I want you to go over onto the ACOG.org website. That stands for American Congress of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, and that is the big governing body of all obstetricians and gynecologists, including your doctor. And I want you to print out a copy of their guidelines for medical inductions. Um, You'll find that over at the ACOG website in their patient FAQ section about induction of labor. Then go ahead and Google ACOG plus medical indications for induction. If you can get it on the ACOG website, Great, but print out what you found and take it to your doctor and say, I want to talk about this. There are a lot of good reasons to do an induction on a first-time mother at 39 weeks, like preeclampsia or poor fetal growth or lots of them. Weighing 198 with normal blood pressure and no medical complications 
isn't on the list. Or something like that, Selena. It's ultimately up to you to make your own decisions here. Most inductions turn out just fine. Most C-sections turn out just fine. Most labors that start on their own progress on their own to a vaginal birth. If you need an induction, Selena, well then, so be it. But I hate to see you being bullied into something you really don't want or need. Most likely, it won't come to that. Do your homework. Take the ACOG information to your doctor. Yes, he's already fully aware of it. And, but, you know, you're going to show him what you want to talk about and then ask him to explain to you why he's pressuring you for an induction. If he can't come up with a darn good medical reason, then tell him this. I'm not going to schedule an induction at this time, but I know that if I do develop complications, you'll be able to treat them competently and quickly at the time that they occur. If an induction is part of that treatment plan at that time, then so be it. Till then... Let's keep letting me be normal, because that's what I am right now. Okay, y'all, that's it for this week. Next week, I promise you a nice, long, juicy conversation, just like last week's episode with Joe Saxton. Still thinking about that one. Common Sense Pregnancy and Parenting is produced by Alex Ward at Sounds Like Pictures Studios in Portland, Oregon. You can learn more about me at jeanfaulkner.com. You can pick up a copy of my book, Common Sense Pregnancy, over on my website or anywhere books are sold. Email me, gene at genefaulkner.com. Tweet me, at genefaulkner. And if your company is interested in sponsoring us, shoot me a line and let's talk. Talk to you next week, everybody. Bye-bye. Mama said there'll be days like this, there'll be days.